Faith for Today with Colin Urquhart and Julia Fisher. Well, we're having a very close look at how the book of Hebrews speaks to us today. Of course, it was written to the early Christians 2,000 years ago. But uh, we have learned a lot about the person of Jesus. We have been shown that by believing in him, we become his brother, part of God's family. We can experience a taste of heaven on earth. And therefore, we read that yesterday we have to keep our thoughts fixed on Jesus, our apostle and high priest, who we confess Oh, you know, the, this epistle makes me so excited. Yes. I, I, you know, there, there are some people that, oh, I don't know, I don't understand all that's in Hebrews, they say. And I want to say to them, well, you need to understand it because it is so exciting. I mean, it's exciting to receive the revelation that you're a brother of Jesus Christ, that he regards you as his brother. It's an exciting to understand that he is the perfect sacrifice for you, but he's also your great high priest who has offered the sacrifice that has made you holy and totally acceptable in God's sight. I mean, it's exciting to know this has already happened. But you're unpacking it for us slowly, Colin. If people have trouble, they can always pray for the spirit of revelation, can't they? (laughs) They need to, I think, when they're reading this. And yes, God will explain uh, a lot to them. But, um, you know, I, I... I, I don't find a, a sort of a dry kind of um, academically based commentary as much good to really get the excitement of the life that is is in the Word of God. Um, and and we, we read in verse 2 of chapter 3 that Jesus was faithful as the one to the one who appointed him. He faithfully fulfilled all that the Father sent him to do as our apostle. He faithfully fulfilled all that he was sent to do as our high priest. Um, Just as Moses was faithful in all of God's house, Jesus has been found worthy of greater honor than Moses, just as the builder of a house has greater honor than the house itself. So Moses, of course, he's talking to Jewish people, you see. So Moses was faithful in giving the people the law of God. But Jesus has done something now so much greater, so much more wonderful, so much more far-reaching in its implications than anything that was possible under Moses. And he explains in verse 4, for every house is built by someone, but God is the builder of everything. Moses was faithful as a servant in all God's house, testifying to what... um, he to, to to what would be said in the future but Christ is faithful as a son over God's house so you see the writer isn't denigrating Moses at all he's saying well what God did through Moses was good but hey he's done something much better now through his son Moses was a servant of God but he wasn't the son of God now God has sent his son he is our apostle the one who is sent he is the high priest the one who has offered the perfect sacrifice on our behalf and he has been faithful as the son over God's house. So this is the strange um, paradox that he, he calls us his brother, and yet, of course, he is our Lord, so he is over us because 
Then the writer goes on to say, and we are his house. We become part of that family. We become part of his household. We become part of the one that Jesus Christ reigns and rules over. So we, the strange thing is we become part of his reign, and yet we, because we are submitted to his reign, to his rule, to his authority. In other words, we can share in the reign of Jesus because we submit to him. We can have the authority of God because we are under him. We acknowledge his lordship. Therefore, he can treat us as brothers and we can live as sons of God. It's, it's wonderful, wonderful truth. So we are his house if we hold on to our courage and the hope of which we boast. Now, that is another a reference, really, to the dangerous situation in which people were finding themselves during the time of persecution when this uh, letter was written. So, you know, uh, at various points throughout the letter, the writer is encouraging people, hold on to your faith, hold on to your faith, just remember your hope. It doesn't matter even if you have to lose your life now because you have an eternal hope, you have eternal life, you have an internal inheritance in Christ Jesus. Much better to remain faithful to him and keep hold of that inheritance than to risk everything by denying him. The future is better than the present. Well, the future does... I mean, what what the writer to Hebrews says is the future is better than the present, yes, but the future depends upon the present. Yeah. Your future depends upon what you do in the present now. And, of course, that is true. You know, salvation, the salvation that God has made available through the cross, through Jesus Christ, is available to all but is not appropriated by all. And, and that's why it's so urgent and so important for us to preach the gospel and to teach others the truth about Jesus Christ whenever we have the opportunity. I guess that's why the writer goes on, as the Holy Spirit says, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. Again, we have that little warning. Yes, and of course, again, this is a quotation from uh, the Old Testament. Uh, what, what happened under Moses? you see, was that Moses often brought the word of God, he brought the commands of God to the people, but they hardened their hearts against what God wanted. They wanted to do their own thing. Uh, and so he talks about, or the scripture talks about the time of rebellion. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion during the time of testing in the desert where your fathers tested and tried me and for 40 years saw what I did. It's, it's warning to, of course, the, the Hebrew people who would have known very, very well the story of Moses and the deliverance from Egypt and yet the disobedience that prevented them from going in and entering the promised land and the times of bis disobedience there were in the wilderness. Because they basically thought they knew better. Which is what we do, isn't it? They, they knew better, but they wanted their own way. It was independence. It was stubbornness. It was hardness of heart. There's a lot of that around today, yes. And um, so in verse 10, that is why I was angry with that generation. And I said, their hearts are always going astray, and they have not known my ways. So I declared on oath in my anger, they will never enter my rest. Amazing, isn't it, that... God is um, so patient, so tolerant. I mean, this is the way 
that he was treated, and yet still he sent his son. Yet still he did not give up on humanity. Yet still he was determined that his plan and his purpose for those who he created in love would be fulfilled, and that no devil, no amount of disobedience or rebellion would stop or prevent or hinder them from that. And he really goes on to underline this, doesn't he? Yes, so he says, See to it, brothers, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. Uh, Don't give up. Yeah, the pressure is there, the pressure to believe. And of course, it's true today. The pressures are here increasingly, I think, even in our society, not like they are in other Christians, in other countries where you can be imprisoned for being a Christian or even tortured and put to death. Um, But encourage one another daily as long as it is called today so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Oh, Julia, that, that is such an important verse. You know, people often think their sins, their little sins, as they like to call them, don't matter very much. But sin is deceitful. You know, the devil is the deceiver of the brethren. He wants Christians to sin because it robs them of their confidence in God. It robs them of their authority over sin and over temptation. When you yield to it, you don't have authority over it. Uh, And the devil wants to try to maintain some kind of foothold in people's lives. So what happens is if we give in to the deceitfulness of sin, our hearts become hardened to the purposes of God. We think that sin doesn't matter or You know, if we sin, well, it's all right because God will forgive us because he's so merciful. And we don't realize the terrible negative effect that that sin and that disobedience is having upon us. And we miss out on the joy that you were talking about the other day. Absolutely. And you see, he goes on to say in the following verse, we have come to share in Christ if we hold firmly to the end the confidence we had at first. Again, he's saying, you know, hold on. Even even in the persecution, even if you have to face death as a consequence of refusing to deny Christ, maintain that confidence because, you see, you share in the life of Christ, but you share in that eternally because his life is eternal life. So hold on, keep firm to the end. See, this is a very different language, isn't it, from the kind of casual walk with God that so many Christians seem to to have today, where they don't treat the Word of God very seriously. They, The people in the church that compromise many of the standards of the Word of God, sort of bowing really to the standards of the world around us rather than maintaining their faith and hope in what God has said and done for us in Jesus. It's very serious, very serious, because, of course, it robs, it robs us of being able to give to the world the witness that is needed. Why should the world believe us if what they see when they look at the church is the, world, is the church trying to be like the world instead of the church changing the world? 
You've been listening to Faith for Today, presented by Julia Fisher. This program is sponsored by Kingdom Faith. For further information, visit our website, kingdomfaith.com. 